In Acts chapter 1, we are told, as he, Christ, went into heaven, so he, Christ, will return in like manner. A slight paraphrase, I know, but Acts chapter 1 is speaking about the ascension of the Lord, which was public, which was visible, which was witnessed by the apostles. And the rapture will be witnessed solely by the church, whereas the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ will be witnessed by the world. What a great shot to commence this message from. And uh, as I go back to this particular shot, some of you recognize it straight away. It is, of course, my open air pulpit. And uh, just gets into camera shot. It's been about four months since I was last here, so I bless you all in the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope you are all well and uh, rejoicing in your salvation. But the reason why I wanted to commence this message with the camera pointing up at the sky is because one day he will come back for us in the sky. We know from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 that he will meet us in the clouds. And I think that day could be quite soon. I don't know when, to be precise. When I got saved 14 years ago, I wrote to a lot of people, uh, predominantly work colleagues, predominantly friends and acquaintances and people that I was maybe somewhat estranged from. Can I use that term? And I wanted to A, share the gospel with those people and B, to demonstrate that we are living in the last days. Now, I still believe that. I've been a saved man for 14 years and I still believe that we are living in the last days. And I still subscribe to the pre-tribulation rapture and the premillennial return of the Lord Jesus Christ. I make no apologies for that. But I made it clear in my letter to some of my friends, as I say, and colleagues, that the rapture was imminent. And I thought it was imminent 14 years ago. Many great people, many Bible believers, over the last, I guess, 500 years or so, have lived with the anticipation that the Lord Jesus Christ could come back just like that. And it's possible. He could come back right now. He may come back tomorrow, next week, next month. We don't know. But what I am concerned about are professional preachers' date setting. When I got saved 14 years ago, I was from a Catholic background. I was a semi-professional singer. I had almost no knowledge of the Word of God. I was ignorant. I was a new believer do my best to understand the things of the Lord. And when you first get saved, the Lord is very gracious to you. He, ex he, uh, he extends a lot of mercy to you because you're gonna make mistakes. But as you grow in grace, he becomes uh, somewhat more stricter with you. And that's pictured in the Gospel of Luke. For example, when the Lord sends Gabriel to preach to Mary, she questions, uh, how could it be possible a young woman is going to give birth to a child seeing as she hasn't known a man. Now she's not reprimanded for that, but when Zachariah, the father of John the Baptist, questions uh, how it's possible that his wife Elizabeth will give birth to John, he's reprimanded. And it tells us from the Word of God that he was mute. He couldn't speak up until the point of John's birth. See, the Lord is, on the one hand, very long-suffering, patient, as I say, giving us many chances when we first get saved, but the older we get, uh, the more mature we become as Christians, he becomes more stricter. So I'm alarmed when I uh, come across 
well-known preachers and evangelists saying that this month, April 2016, will be the month of the rapture of the church. I am concerned that people are putting dates on the Lord's return. I'm also concerned that the same people are also saying that May 2016 will be the month that the Antichrist is revealed to the world. You are told that no man knows the date, the hour, the month, the week, the second of the Lord's return to the earth. We don't know. That's why we are told to live by faith, not by sight. I remember reading an extract some years ago uh, by a man called Hal Lindsey. I guess he's still alive. He must be in his 70s now. And he wrote a book back in 1969, 1970 or thereabouts, called The Late Great Planet Earth. And in that book, he said that the Antichrist was alive and well, and how the Antichrist was about to be revealed on the world stage. That's nearly 50 years ago. Now, the Antichrist hasn't been revealed, and yet, could he be alive? Yes, quite possibly, but he wasn't revealed straight away. And the author gave the impression that he would be revealed pretty much straight away. Well, it didn't happen. There was a man back in the 19th century called William Miller, and he was the uh, father of the Seventh-day Adventist movement. And uh, William Miller, like many people before him and since him, was very desirous to know the Lord's return. Now listen, there's nothing wrong with wanting to know the Lord's return. You were told in Revelation to pray for his return. But when you start to date-fix it, when you start to teach it as doctrine, all sorts of problems occur. And this man, William Miller, took a stab and he said it was going to be, I think, 1870 or 1871, thereabouts. I might be slightly off by a few years, but it was around 1870. And he was convinced that the Lord would come back in 1870, not concerning the rapture, I don't think he held to the rapture, but concerning the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And his followers were so sure that William Miller was correct that they sold their houses, they gave their properties away, they pretty much got rid of all their assets, and on one occasion they went up to a local hill, something like this, and they waited, and they waited, and they waited for the Lord to come for them, and of course you know he didn't come for them. And I sometimes think to myself how humiliating that must have been for those people. Not that they waited in vain, but because they gave their properties away to people. They were so sure that the Lord's return would be in their lifetime. And those poor people would walk down from that hill after many hours, waiting. I guess it started, in dawn, it started at dawn, and it went into the morning, went into the afternoon, went into dusk. I, can, I just imagine the rain falling on them, and they realise they are wrong. They realise that William Miller got it wrong, and they all walked down the hill. And some of those people would have had to grovel with neighbours and friends to somehow get their properties back. Humiliating. William Miller tried one more time to guess the Lord's return, and again he got it wrong, and he died pretty much a broken man. Well, it's his own fault. It's one thing to say, I think the Lord may come back on this day or that day, but to teach it as doctrine, to somehow encourage people to sell their properties and to live with the anticipation that it's imminent, I think is foolish and dangerous. I remember Harold Camping back in 2011 saying that that would be the year 
of the Lord's return. And I made a video against him. And some of those people were selling their houses, selling their cars, and going out onto the streets to share the gospel. Nothing wrong with the latter, but the former is problematic. And of course you know that that year came and went, and the Lord didn't come back. And camping died in disgrace. I remember watching a documentary about the Jehovah's Witnesses, and uh, it was concerning one of their many false prophecies. They made about five concerning the Lord's return, and there was a group of people that were being interviewed, and it was being filmed in New York, Brooklyn, near their headquarters, and there were a group of women that were absolutely broken, devastated. They were told by the witnesses that the Lord's coming back, in 1975, don't get married, or if you are married, don't have children, because when he comes back, he's going to destroy everything. And those women, some in their mid to late 30s, thought that it was it, you know, time was up, this was going to be the big return of the Lord, this was going to be it, uh, this was going to be something which we've read about in the Word of God. And they didn't have children, some didn't get married, and of course 1975 came and went, then it was 1976, then it was 1977, 1978, 1979, and you know what I'm going to say, 1980, and of course he didn't come back. And the witnesses tried to recalculate his return, but they failed once again. Well, those women became very bitter and very disillusioned, and uh, of course many left the Jehovah's Witnesses. But some of those women missed the chance to become mothers, because they were told by their religion that the return of the Lord was imminent. They got it wrong. Now, as I said, there's nothing wrong in wanting his return. There's nothing wrong with praying for his return. But when you start to teach it as doctrine, you get into all sorts of problems. So as I stand here this morning, this very beautiful day, I'm thinking to myself, could the Lord come back today? Yes, he could. Could he come back tomorrow? Yes, he could. Could he come back next month? Yes, he could. But will he come back today? Will he come back next week? Will he come back next month? I don't know. And neither do you. As far as the Antichrist being revealed next month, is it possible? Yes, it's possible. I believe that once the rapture has been, uh, once it's been and gone, once we've been taken out of this world, uh, the Lord is quite likely to start the eschatological time clock. And he will start to deal with Israel, and he will send the Antichrist onto the earth. And of course you know the rest if you've read the book of Revelation. But I am concerned that people are teaching this as doctrine. I'm also concerned that there are groups of people, professional preachers, who are making merchandise as a result of eschatology. Such people are scaremongers. In fact, you were told in 2 Peter 2.1 that in the last days there will be false teachers who will make merchandise of the brethren. They will sell their tapes, their books, their DVDs. And those books, those tapes, those DVDs are very expensive. And those people make a lot of money off the backs of working Christians. And I've always said this, if you've been blessed with the gift to speak or to write, and you are able to put your material into print form or DVD form, I think you shouldn't charge for it. And what I think you should be doing is offering it for free, if you can, or if you can't offer it for free, offer it for a minimal fee. It does cost money to produce DVDs. We make DVDs at our ministry and we give them away for nothing. On top of that, these groups of people who are making merchandise off the brethren think we are in the last days. And you would think that if they believe that we are in the last days, why not just give it away for nothing? Or put your book online 
and allow people to download it in a PDF document for free or put your material online and allow people to download it for nothing. Why are they making merchandise out of people's fear and anxiety? Because for the most part they are either false teachers, they're greedy, or they're simply caught up in the whole racket of organized religion. If you've been blessed to be able to speak, if you are an articulate speaker and you go on the tour circuit, you can make a good living from it. And some of these people are very similar to the crowd that are in the UFO movement. And they travel around the world giving talks, they go to uh, seminars and they charge lots of money for people to go in and listen to them. And it's a very similar movement. But I will say this, that as far as I'm concerned, yes, it's possible for the Lord to return this month, but that doesn't mean it will happen this month. And yes, it's possible for the Antichrist to arrive next month, but that doesn't mean it will happen next month. On top of that, I don't think we're quite ready for the Lord's return for us. You see, if you go back to Genesis, you get a picture of Noah's Ark, you get a picture of the Lord saving just eight souls. And in that same book, he saves Lot and his two daughters, just three people. The entire world, for the most part, was in sin, was completely indifferent to the Lord's message. And that's why the Lord told us in, in the Gospel of Luke, when the Son of Man comes back, will he find much faith on the earth? And the answer, of course, is very little. So I don't think we're there just yet. And yet I will say this, that one of the great keys for the Lord's return is Israel. On the one hand, you've got Israel back in the land, which occurred in 1948, which is clear in and of itself that we may be in that generation that seeds the Lord's return, but I've often thought of the generation that were living in Britain back in 1939. I'm thinking of the Bible-believing community that were living in Britain back in the late 1930s. And they saw this man, Adolf Hitler, the most evil man that the world had seen up until that date, invading many parts of Europe, and many parts of Europe just capitulating. And it's interesting that most of the countries that he either invaded or worked with him were Catholic. Look at Italy under Mussolini. France, the so-called oldest daughter of the Catholic Church, capitulated. And uh, many of those French uh, leaders were sympathizers of the Nazis. But if I was living in Britain back in 1939, if I was observing this man, Hitler, spreading across Europe, conquering nation, rounding up Jews, and then look to the Far East to see the Japanese invading China, killing people, incarcerating people, I would have thought to myself, that's it, we're at the end of the church age, the rapture is imminent. And yet, the rapture wasn't imminent. Hitler came and he went. The Japanese uh, emperor was forced to resign. He was forced to surrender, I should say. He didn't resign, but he did surrender at the end of the Second World War. And Germany became a great country. Japan became a great country. Very wealthy countries. So you see, we are living in a generation which points to the fact that the Lord's return could be imminent and yet may not be imminent. I remember back in the late 1990s when Bill Clinton was in office and I wasn't saved then and yet I remember people saying that Bill Clinton would suspend the US Constitution, that he wouldn't resign, that he would stay in office 
And people are saying that the Y2K bug, remember that? Would cripple the world. And people are saying, there you are, you see, 2000 will be the year of the Lord's return. They were wrong. Clinton left office, Bush replaced him. The Y2K bug was ironed out, it wasn't any major problem. And now people are saying the same thing about the current American president, that uh, Obama will not leave office, that somehow he will stay in office and do a third term. I don't believe it. I've seen this all before. And mark my words, come this November, he'll be replaced, probably by Hillary Clinton, I hate to say, but that's the way it's looking. And come January 2017, she will replace him. Uh, unless, of course, the Lord steps in and puts somebody else in office. We are told from Daniel 2 and uh, Romans 13 how the powers that be are ordained of the Lord. The Lord Jesus Christ told Pilate that he had no authority at all unless it was given to him from heaven. So that's why you were told to pray for those in authority. You weren't told to vote for them. You weren't told to uh, raise money for them. But you were told to pray for them. I think also some of this uh, online chatter concerning Obama not leaving office, concerning the Antichrist's arrival in May and also uh, the Lord's return does seem to uh, come from the conditional security camp and also the post-tribulation camp. Uh, and I think a lot of these people are ignorance of the true meaning of scripture. But I'd like to be wrong. You know, I'd love to be proven wrong. I'd love to get home, upload this video, and be raptured just like that. As I say, we could be raptured at a moment's notice. That is very much true. But at the same time, we don't know when, he, when he's going to come back for us. We just don't know. So we have to live our lives. We have to go on. We have to uh, enjoy our relationships, uh, buy properties, sell properties, buy cars, sell cars, get married, have children, what have you, enjoy life. I can't stress it enough. Those poor people that got caught up with the false predictions of William Miller, devastating. And you ask yourself, were they able to get their homes back? Maybe, maybe not, I don't know. Those poor people back in the 70s that didn't have children and uh, they went into their 40s and they missed a chance to be mothers. Devastating for such people. Go back to the late 60s, as I say, how Lindsay was so sure that the Antichrist was on the earth, alive and well, and soon he would be revealed to the world. He got it wrong. Even Peter Ruttman made a statement back in 1963 that he thought the rapture was imminent. He got it wrong. David Hocking, a preacher in California, made the statement back in 2004 that he thought that Russia was going to invade Israel. He was wrong. That's why it's so, uh, so important. That's why it's so uh, critical to be so careful who you listen to and what you take from different people. I'm not going to condemn some of these brothers. Uh, you know, They had the view that the rapture could happen in their day. They're wrong. But when you teach it as doctrine, when you say, thus saith the Lord, like the JWs did, or William Miller did, then you are teaching heresy. And 
The Word of God told you that. A false prophet, a false teacher, who speaks presumptuously in the name of the Lord, should they be ignored, shunned, and in some cases even put to death? Because you are dealing with people's lives. People are looking up to you. People are, on many occasions, acting on what you say. And that's why it's so devastating when you come across preachers today who have the audacity, the gall, to teach with certainty the Lord's return. And uh, I just want people to step back and not get caught up in this frenzy. On top of that, some of these people that are teaching the rapture coming this month, April, and the Antichrist's arrival next month in May, uh, attack the King James also. I've noticed this. Some of these people attack the King James and they say, well, the King James has got mistakes, so on and so forth. In the original Greek, it says this, or in the original Hebrew, it says this. And they become their final authority. And that's another thing I'm concerned about because people then take their eyes off the scriptures and they focus their eyes on these so-called preachers. And I have no time for that. I think one of the great blessings that God has given us outside of his blessed son, outside of an imputed righteousness, which you get by faith, no works involved, is the word of God. And for those of us which live in English-speaking nations, for those of us which speak English, we have the King James Bible, which, as far as I'm concerned, is infallible. But these people come along, they rip up the AV, they shred it, they question it, and they cause a lot of confusion. And I think people are living in anticipation for the Lord's return. People are confused because the King James, they believe, can no longer be trusted. And therefore they are uh, closing their Bibles and listening to these preachers. That's dangerous. That's incredibly dangerous. Such preachers are demagogues. They have a high view of themselves. They've elevated themselves to the level of deity. And they have dethroned our blessed Lord. I have no time for such people. Read Second Peter 2.1. speaks about these people very clearly. They make merchandise among you. It says how they deny the Lord that bought them. And they will bring swift destruction upon themselves. They teach pernicious, pernicious doctrines. You see, it's all linked up. It's like the UFO movement. It's like the ecumenical movement. It's like the interfaith movement. And I just want to say very finally before I close this message that if you are listening to such people, if you are of the opinion that the rapture will come this month, and that the Antichrist will come next month, and that the King James can no longer be trusted, discard such statements, please. Live in anticipation, of course, for his arrival. Be holy, for he is holy. Abstain from sins of the flesh. Separate yourself from heresies and false teachers. Um, but don't uh, do anything else of the ordinary. Don't do what that crowd did back in the days of Miller, sell their homes. In fact, I can remember a story of a woman who got saved and she was preaching the gospel to people and uh, she told one of her neighbours that the rapture was imminent, as I did when I first got saved, because it could be imminent. That's a fact from scripture. And uh, she said to one of her neighbours, the rapture's going to be imminent, you know, repent, get right with the Lord. And the neighbour said, well, that's interesting. And she said to this woman, uh, if you're so sure uh, that the rapture is imminent, can I have the keys to your house? Because you've got some animals, haven't you? And when the rapture comes, they're not going to go up with you, are they? 
and this sister thought to herself, interesting statement, hadn't thought about that, and she said to this woman, give me the keys to your house, send the dogs over to me, and when the rapture comes, I will look after your pets, because no one's going to be around to feed them, or not many people, uh, if the rapture comes. Of course, that is a distorted view, because only a few are going to be raptured, because the Bible believer is few in number, which means this, when the rapture comes, only those of us which are born again are going to be raptured. You see, it's like that passage in Acts chapter 1, as the Lord was raptured, only the church saw him go up, and therefore in the rapture, only the church will see him come back, whereas the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ will be seen by everybody. And that's pictured when the Magis arrive in Jerusalem, and it says how Jerusalem was in uproar, there was a great level of anxiety, it says how Herod was troubled. See, there's two aspects of the Lord's coming, there's the rapture, which is for the church, and we are few in number, by the way, and then there's the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is for the world. And they are much greater in number. But this sister got uh, slightly uh, flustered. She wasn't sure how to respond to that uh, somewhat uh, typical and different response to the rapture. Just give me the keys to your house. Sign it over to me. Give me the dogs. I'll look after them. A somewhat glib response. But of course, that's what you have to expect in this day and age. So I say this very briefly and I wrap this message up that prepare for his return. Don't put a date in it. Don't allow yourself to be caught up with this uh, revival, this uh, regurgitated hysteria, I should say, which we saw back in 2011. Don't do something out of the ordinary. Don't sign your homes over. Don't uh, give the keys to your car away. Don't give all your savings away. Don't do something stupid. You know, Be sensible now. Uh, he will come for you when he's good and ready for you. And uh, don't make the mistake that the uh, JWs made back in 75 or the SDA crowd made back in 1870. Um, don't close your Bible, open your Bible, read it, study it, and uh, don't allow somewhat eloquent, smooth-talking preachers who know Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic to come along and somehow deceive you to make merchandise from you. Just buy my book, 39.95. Just buy my DVD, 29.95. Just get my tapes, two for one. Don't go down that path. They are making merchandise of you. And I'll say this to you very briefly, that if you've got a message from the Lord, if you are born again, if you love the Lord, and you believe we are living in the last days, give it away. Do it for free, okay? If you are offering DVDs, give them away for free. Or if you can't afford to do it, ask people to give you a minimal fee to cover the costs. If you are a writer, if you've written books about eschatology or the Bible, give them away for free. And if you can't afford to do that, then give it or give them away for the minimal cost to produce such material. Today's generation can get so much stuff on the internet for free. But I do think that a lot of these people are interested in the money, interested in the merchandise, and they're interested in having a following and I have no time for such people whatsoever. So there you are, just a few uh, thoughts of concern uh, from myself. I'm not gonna be hard on you people, especially those of you which are new Christians and you are desperate for the Lord's return uh, and you are telling people that his return could be imminent. That is correct. I taught the same thing when I first got saved and I still teach people that. I still tell, I still tell people that the rapture could be imminent. Uh, but because we don't know the exact day or hour, we shouldn't teach it with a level of certainty. In other words, we shouldn't say, 
uh, it's going to come next week, next month or next year, we don't know there's enough work for us to do now and we should be getting people saved now we should be preaching the gospel to people now eschatology, eschatology should come second the primary role of the Christian is to preach the gospel to get people saved, washed in the blood immersed in the word of God and uh, I think we are probably even more in need of greater Bible-believing teachers to step forward and teach the Word of God verse by verse than we ever have been. Uh, so, there you are. I will sign out and just jump out a camera shot and uh, just show you how lovely it looks today from the open-air pulpit. It's been, uh, I think, four months since I was last here. and. Uh, this is the place to come, I think, for making messages such as this. And I know that for some of you, you might be a little upset at me for criticizing uh, certain people. Well, I'm simply speaking the truth in love. Uh, I know some of the brothers who have thought that the Lord's return was imminent, may have meant well may have uh, been sincere but because they don't know any more than you know we should be so careful not to give too much heed to such people if you're born again if you have the word of God if you read it if you believe it if you obey it you know just as much as they do because the truth of the matter is, these people know no more than you do. They may have degrees, they may have PhDs, they may be great scholars, they may be archaeologists, linguists, what have you, but at the end of the day, such people know just as much as you do when it comes to the things of the Lord. That's what you were told to study, to show yourself approved unto the Lord. You were told to rightly divide the word of truth, you were told not to be ashamed when it came to being judged by the Lord for how you handled the scriptures and for those of us which <clears throat> have teaching ministries we are told from the epistle of James that we are going to receive the greater condemnation because a lot of these people that are teaching the rapture for April and the Antichrist's arrival for May are problematic they are of questionable uh, <clears throat> origins and for me I am thinking what happens when April comes and goes what happens when May comes and goes and I'm thinking to myself such people are going to be devastated they're going to be upset they're going to feel like they're being deceived and some of those people may even abandon the pre-tribulation rapture I hope you don't do that the pre-tribulation rapture is correct. It's a blessed hope that we all wait for, those of us which are saved. And the premillennial return of the Lord is also scriptural. So I hope you don't lose heart <coughs> when April comes and goes. And I hope you don't lose heart when May comes and goes. I think a lot of that crowd that got caught up with Howard Camping back in 2011 perhaps fell away from the faith. I don't know. I wouldn't blame them. If I had thrown my lot in with that lot, if I had thrown in all that I had with uh, such people, 
who live in very nice houses, I would probably become quite bitter and disillusioned. But uh, keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. Don't uh, get too much uh, Don't get too confused, I should say, over some of the talk that is doing the rounds. And above all, keep looking up. And I know the sky is somewhat filled with chemtrails, excuse me for that, but that's where you need to be focusing. You need to focus in the air, because he will come back for us when he's good and ready and not before. So there you are. Just my thoughts to you all on this beautiful April morning and uh, I hope you're well and blessed and happy and resting in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ and are focusing on him and praying every day, reading your Bibles every day and sharing the gospel every day. I will just say this is a quick PS if I may before I finally sign out that what I don't want people to do is to become somewhat agnostic as a result of this month coming and going and next month coming and going. You must understand one thing, please, that we are living in the last days, and I do believe we are living at the end of the church age. But that end of the church age could go on for hundreds of years. We just don't know, so don't become agnostic, don't become bitter, don't think that somehow it's all a farce. No, it's not. One thing I am witnessing and I guess you are too, if you are doing any kind of street work regularly, is the level of interest is declining, especially in the West. Because we are living in the end of the church age, which means that Gentiles are going to decrease concerning those that get saved, and Jews and Muslims are going to increase. I don't quite know how else to explain that, only by the fact that we are living at the end of the church age. So, on the one hand, you can rejoice that fewer people are getting saved. It sounds somewhat bizarre to say that, but that is evidence in and of itself that we are nearing the Lord's return, which means that the Jews are going to be saved, which means it's their turn, it's their time. The Lord has a love for Israel. His love is everlasting for Israel. And on top of that, it's wonderful to hear about so many Muslims come into faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So when you take all this together, when you observe what's going on in the world, when you try and decipher the truth from error, fact from fiction, you can be sure of one thing, that wickedness will increase, uh, darkness will increase, uh, evilness will increase, which goes back to my earlier comments about Genesis, how only eight souls were saved in the days of Noah, and only three souls were saved in the time of Lot. So everything is pointing to the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I can't be overly critical when it comes to certain brothers uh, trying to uh, offer their advice, their thoughts to when that will be, but at the same time I think they are foolish by putting dates on his return. And I know that some of you are thinking that uh, he wants us to know when he's coming back and uh, we should be ready with our bags packed. Well, you'll know when the time is right. He didn't tell Noah the exact moment when the flood would come. He didn't tell Lot the exact moment 
when uh, fire and brimstone were sent to destroy pretty much most of uh, Mesopotamia. Not all of it, of course, but a large part of it. So just be aware of what's going on. Uh, don't allow your faith to be shaken and uh, don't allow people to ridicule you. I'm sure back in the day when camping took a stab at 2011 being the year of the Lord's return that many people went to work that morning with a great smile on their face saying, praise the Lord, I'll be out of here by this time tomorrow. And maybe some of those people witnessed their work colleagues, maybe some of those people uh, were rejoicing in the fact that that was the year of the Lord's return and went back to work the following morning uh, completely depleted, devastated. And uh, such people were ridiculed as a result of uh, sharing what they thought was correct. My advice to you, if you are looking to do any kind of evangelism, is to stick to the gospel. If you want to do any kind of evangelism at all, anywhere in the world, just stick to the basic premise of scripture. That man needs to repent, that God is holy, and that man is unholy. And if man repents, if man turns to the Lord Jesus Christ, he'll be saved to the uttermost. And then down the line, you can build on the Word of God, you can build on eschatology, build on the deeper things of Scripture, but stick to the basic premise of Scripture, repentance towards God, and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all. Every blessing to you all, and Maranatha.